Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update from the federal government on what's happening with the Temporary Foreign Worker Program. Also, we'll hear from the Executive Director with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. And uh, first, in today's country comment, we'll be joined by Keystone Egg Producers President Bill Campbell. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell to talk about the COVID-19 outbreak. One of the things that uh, has happened is that the doctors are no longer taking appointments. And so we have farmers who have class one licenses that need renewals of medical and renewal of the licensing. We also have new applications uh, for Class 1 licensing, and those have all been suspended. And as we come upon the seeding season, there may be some farmers who do not have a Class 1, valid Class 1 license. So that's one of the things that we're dealing with. I think the conversation about temporary foreign workers is being addressed and probably announcements before the weekend. We'll deal with that, but that has huge, significant impact on what will be on the grocery uh, store shelves uh, come this fall? Um, I guess maybe there, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to plant a garden this year, something along that line. But that that's the significance of that. The other part with the um, international border and the crossing of that border, and they have kept it open for uh, economic trade, but. Uh, we still need to have certainty about products that go back and forth, be they seed, be they fertilizer, be they seed treatments, be they parts, uh, all of those things. Uh, we need to have assurances. And will the trucking industry be able to uh, handle and cope with their restrictions? We're hearing uh, things that are happening with regards to their ability to do their job. And uh, we rely so much on, on that aspect of a, of a trade. And even when we consider non-essential service not being allowed to cross the border, if I want to go get parts, if I have a breakdown, can I cross the border to get parts if that's the closest place for them? So um, the other part is the, the conversation about the processing industry and how it is all a chain and how we all rely on one another. And if that is impacted, uh, what happens to the chain. That was Bill Campbell, president of Keystone Agricultural Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. In making his daily media briefing today, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau made a key announcement for farmers. For farmers and people across the agri-food business, I know these are hard times too. So we're also opening up $5 billion in additional lending capacity. Starting today, Farmers and producers can apply through Farm Credit Canada for the support they need to keep food growing and get it onto our tables. On that note, I want to say thank you to people right across the entire food sector. Day in and day out, you grow, transport and stock the food that feed our families. In addition, a six-month extension will be given on loan repayments through the Advanced Payments Program. Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo will be hosting a press conference this afternoon to provide more details. Commercial goods are continuing to flow between the United States and Canada. Bob Lowe is president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. For the survival of our industry in Canada, we need that border open. Canada and the U.S. have such a huge 
reciprocal trading things. It's it's more like one country than two countries. They're they're basically the same as we are. We need to we export fifty percent of our production and seventy percent of that goes to the states. So we kind of need that border open. Not only beef, it's it's everything. It's lettuce coming up here from California. It's we're talking food now. Lowe says keeping foreign workers coming into Canada will be key in maintaining the operation of beef processing plants. And for five years now, Glenlee area farmer Will Bergman and a group of farmers have supported the Canadian Food Grains Bank using land designated by the University of Manitoba. Over the winter, Bergman visited India to see firsthand some of the good work being done by the organization. And it's been a passion of mine for a while to, to feed people. And, uh, you know, Food Grains Bank falls in line with that. But Getting to go on a trip was really incredible because uh, I got to see firsthand exactly where those funds are going, and that was incredible. Bergman says he always associated malnutrition with hunger, but now realizes the two are very different. He notes, for the most part, the people had food, but it was not nutritious. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, March 23rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo, who will give us an update on what's happening with the Temporary Foreign Worker Program. On Saturday, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo gave an update on the Temporary Foreign Worker Program. We confirmed that temporary foreign workers will be permitted to enter Canada despite the travel restrictions we have put in place to manage the COVID-19 pandemic. This is great news for our farmers who need them to cultivate their fields and our food businesses who desperately need them in the food processing plants. This is nothing less than a matter of food security. The next step will be to work with the countries where the workers come from to ensure the permission to fly on planes that will be chartered by industry and paid by the employers who will get them. In the meantime, along with sector representatives and our colleagues in the provinces, we will finalize the protocols for supervised isolation. Every employer will have the responsibility to put in place a strict isolation protocol of 14 days, and if they don't, they would forfeit the right to hire foreign workers for the coming years, and I know that it's not what they want. In the context of the COVID-19 pandemic, I want to reassure everyone that we are taking all the measures necessary to protect your health while also ensuring that you have access to fresh fruits and vegetables and high-quality food products on the shelves of your grocery stores. And I also want to reassure you that there will always be jobs available and ready for Canadians who want to work on our farms and in our food plants. During these difficult times, I want to sincerely thank the workers in the agriculture and agri-food sectors, the men and women who farm our land, the folks who work in food processing plants, grocery store owners and their employees, truck drivers, volunteers working in food banks and food delivery services, and everyone who, despite the concern, goes to work every day so the rest of us can have food to eat. They are nothing short of heroes. And during these times, we see just how essential they are to our country. The bottom line is our government is working around the clock to respond to the health and economic impacts of the COVID-19 outbreak and on our farmers and agri-food businesses. This is a rapidly evolving situation, 
I will continue to work closely with the industry and my provincial colleagues to respond to the needs of our farmers, food businesses, and customers. I'm very proud of the strong and resilient food system we have in Canada. Together, we'll get through this crisis, making sure our food continues to get from farm to plate. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo speaking on Saturday, giving an update on the temporary foreign worker program. Bebo was asked where the majority of temporary foreign workers are coming from. Most of our uh, foreign workers are coming in our farms are coming from Mexico, Guatemala, Jamaica, and some other countries in the Caribbean. Um, we are working in collaboration with the industry, uh, and they are in charge of you know organizing the uh, the the planes and uh, paying for for the cost of the transportation. From the government side, we uh, have to. Uh, to work with the, the countries where they come from to get this right to travel in their countries. Um, they know about, you know, this very important foreign workers program. Uh, as you know, I, I used to be the, I was the Minister of uh, International Development and I can tell you that these countries recognize the importance for them as well. To have all these people coming to Canada, they know uh, we are treating them very well. They are bringing back money in their countries. They recognize that it's also for them a way uh, to learn, uh, to develop new skills uh, and to bring these new skills in their countries. So um, I'm hopeful that uh, we will have a good collaboration and that we will be able to open the doors for the industry to uh, send the planes over there and, and bring the workers we need uh, in Canada for the planting season. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Beeble. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Not many events going on these days. Here are a couple of announcements. The Manitoba Pork AGM scheduled for this week in Winnipeg has been postponed. And the Royal Manitoba Winter Fair scheduled for next week has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, joining us now is Jim Cornelius, the Executive Director for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Jim talked about how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting some of their projects around the world. What's going to be the impact on our capacity and particularly the capacity of our partners on the ground to implement programs and that will vary dramatically from country to country, from, you know, locale to locale. Um, some countries already where we're operating are really closing things down, which is going to make it extremely difficult for um, for staff on the ground to implement, to continue to implement programs on the ground. So we're, we're still just starting to get the um, early information back as to what those impacts might be. And... Um, and I said that will vary country to country, location to location. Um, and then the second um, thing we're really looking at is if you start to get widespread um, um, infection rates in the communities in which we're operating, what does that do for in terms of the program itself and 
do we need to make changes to to the program? Are there adjustments we'll have to be making? Um, will we have to redesign to really shift the focus of the program significantly? Um, that hasn't yet happened in in um, in the communities in which we're operating. Um, but we're monitoring it closely, and of course, should it happen, it will have huge impacts on, on the programming itself. Do you have workers or volunteers in some of these countries? We don't, as Canadian Food Grains Bank, have um, people stranded abroad, because we work through local agencies mostly, and people on the ground there. I do know a few of our member agencies have had staff that they've had to um, pull back and bring back to Canada. Um, a few other staff are chosen to stay out in, in some of the more remote areas and just you know, hunker down there. Um, the bigger issue is for the staff of the local organizations through whom we work and what they're being required to do. Are they are they being confined to you know offices and homes? Are they allowed to travel out to communities or not? Um, and this is a, a very rapidly evolving um, situation, and most. Most of the places we work, um, this hasn't been something that's been the forefront of anyone's attention, you know, even a, as much as a week ago. But that's fast changing as this now hits sort of the globe. And um, so even a country like Rwanda has has, um, has really started to shut down a lot of activities right across the country. And that has implications for organizations trying to deliver programs on the ground. That was Jim Cornelius, the executive director for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced new measures today to support farmers and agri-food businesses facing financial impacts from the COVID-19 pandemic. The measures include boosting Farm Credit Canada by $5 billion, in addition to a six-month extension on loan repayments through the Advanced Payments Program. That represents $173 million in deferred loans. Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo will be hosting a press conference later today to provide more details. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture says it's extremely pleased that the existing travel restrictions will still allow essential agri-food temporary foreign workers to enter Canada. There are still many details to be worked through, but CFA says it looks forward to working with public health officials and other key stakeholders to address logistical challenges. The group says ensuring a constant food supply is a top priority right now. COVID-19 isn't expected to have an impact on Canada's milk supply. David Weens is chair of Dairy Farmers of Manitoba. As long as there's no uh, disruptions on the farm, for example, uh, so far we have been able to have a supply of, you know, the cleaning agents that we use for uh, milking equipment, uh, feed supplies continue to come in un- uninterrupted. Our uh, milk pickups, the transportation system is, is currently uh, working very well. Uh, all the milk is still being uh, tested every day for, you know, quality and components and all those, uh, those good things. So that continues to happen. Ween says having a business continuity plan is vital in these types of situations. And over the winter, Glenlee area farmer Will Bergman was in India to see some of the work being done by the Canadian Food Grains Bank. He talked about the experience. Nothing could have really prepared me for what I was about to see out there. I, I, I've been around you know, poverty and I've traveled a bunch 
but this is something totally different. I didn't realize this before going, but India has the highest rates of malnutrition in the world. In my mind, I always equated malnutrition with with hunger, but the two are quite different, actually. And, you know, the, 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 the people there had a lot of food, or for the most part had food, but they don't have nutritious food. Bergman says a significant amount of monocropping was occurring, with a large focus on rice over many generations. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We have come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.